I'm from this. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that. Dirt. Kenny Wallace of the rap game Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing Now nationwide, everybody knows my name They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery He sings that song we like Yeah, boy, that's me Roll like the trailer, I'm flossing Them Hoosier tires glossing Them cold kind, we're tossing They know I came to wreck it Yet I rarely bring out a caution I hit the high side for Brian Clausen. Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy's too cold. We don't sit on And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And Matt, man, it's a it, it seems like it's been a long time since we've been in studio together. It seems like a long time. And I am, you know, I, I know that, you know, COVID's kind of hit us. We've had some crazy things happen, but uh, I am glad to be back in studio with you. Going to get to talk a little racing here and, and you know, kind of get things kicked off. Well, we've been waiting since, what, March to kick it off? Yeah. Yeah. We had that one practice. Yeah. I'm glad I got to go to the practice or I wouldn't have seen a race car yet. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I can say that, uh, you know, I'm very happy to say I got a little bit of a fix this weekend. Um, I think since the first time that we've known each other, you have seen more races than I have. I think so. Yeah, I. That's never happened ever. You know. So. No, I'm I'm ahead of you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Yeah, that's that's odd. I have to try and extend that streak, <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah. So I got to go down, and um, I know you've been down there. We were talking here off air, but you know, a little East Tennessee action this oh, yeah. weekend with the. Uh, american crate all-star series and got to see bulls gap on friday night which i'm i know you just said it's in your top five but yeah. if you've never been to that place wow yeah i mean that, that's the only way you can describe that racetrack <laughs> you are literally sitting on top of a, a, a mountain i mean yeah. it, it is unbelievable i mean because we're with what we do with broadcasting with dirt to media we're constantly worried about cell signal and are we going to have enough power you know enough service and um, you, you don't have to worry about that there no no i didn't even put it break out the big antennas yeah. i told ryan i said i just screwed in the small ones because i'm so high up i think i'm you know god is the only one that's got a better reception than me right now <laughs> oh yeah and it, it's outside of the racetrack it's beautiful down there oh it is it really you know, that is. is uh that is gorgeous land and you know everything the track is beautiful i mean all of it and i have to say um you know i shout out to the the uh track worker that found me at 8 a.m um, you know, this sounds like a much more exciting story than what it will be, but uh, I turned off the broadcast there 5.30 a.m. Saturday morning and apologized to those street stock guys and uh, Hornets uh, that raced at Bulls Gap, but we didn't broadcast you because I was tired by 5.30 a.m. And I had a hotel room that night, but it was about an hour away. And Matt, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pull to the front parking lot. I'm going to lean this seat back and I'm going to take me a little nap. About 8 a.m., I had a track worker pairing in the, uh, the the car there looking at me, and I think he thought I had a lot more fun the night before than what I had had. Um, you just tired. I was legitimately. <laughs> it's the first time I've I've just been tired, um, but I was legitimately just tired. And uh, But no, then Saturday night, I went over to Smoky Mountain Speedway and uh, great facility there. Um, with everything they do and then and then turned around on on sunday and was at crossville speedway and, i mean I, I will say this i love our our local dirt tracks here i mean we know oh, yeah. we talk all the time about what brownstown is and how special it is and what you know bloomington means to me and you know now you know if you keep going down there it's not crossville it's crossville crossville yeah i know, you know they, they don't pronounce the vills like we do up here yeah so i got in trouble for louisville it's not louisville in tennessee it's louisville yeah um louisville 
Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you can always tell, you know, when when all, all of us from the north go down there because they we call it Crossville, and they look at you like, "Where's that at?" You yeah, know? they. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but you know, if you're a race fan, get out. And I was, yeah. I, I will say, I saw some saw some uh, local people from from around here down there. Um, you know, both at Smoky Mountain, I ran into some people I knew, and then uh, again there at. Um, crossable um <laughs> i i ran into some people but uh well tyler collins went down and ran right yes tyler collins was down there he's planning on running the entire series there for points um you know just a just a really cool really cool deal i mean that's a, that is a you know 49 cars signed in friday night that's awesome um yeah we ran into a rain shower i will say the most exciting thing if you for you you'll understand if you've never been to bulls gap you can't really understand how banked the the turns are yeah until you're at bulls gap but we hit a little rain shower and they got out the packing trucks and the first packing truck made it uh about halfway down the straightaway the front stretch and then he spun and ended up in the inside wall i will say i don't know who the cat was in the the white dodge but dude needs a ride is all i can say man he was letting it hang out top of the top of the track up by the wall sliding it through the corners look like a late model coming around in a big dodge power wagon i mean looking good made about five laps like that then got a little loose coming into the middle of two turn two to turn one if you understand that because they run backwards when they pack the track and got a little loose and he ended up actually pushing in the inside wall between turns one and two it uh it hit pretty hard so we quickly went from no race cars to two packing trucks uh, wrecked on the track, uh, but a lot of excitement. And, and and I will say this. I mean, I know there was a lot of, you know, mixed feelings about whether continuing to try and run that race that night was the right decision. And I, I won't lie. There was times I questioned whether this was a good decision. But, you know, kudos to the Volunteer Speedway and those guys down there at Bulls Gap and saying, you know what, we had fans for the first time. They paid to get in. We've got this on pay-per-view. We're not going to cancel right. now. And and pretty cool deal. And that's good for you guys because that being your first night down there, that I'm sure that helped other people turn in Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so. yeah, it was, a, it was a good deal. And like I said, man, it's good racing down there. And what, what I was going to say, but get out and go down there and, and, and see some of these other dirt tracks, man. That's a, that's a great experience. Um, you know, and like I said, it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, we'll be back down there again. Um, I'm working on getting you in the, the car with me to go down to Crossville yeah. um, here June 5th with the uh, American Crate All-Star Series. I'm excited about that, actually. And but you, you brought up going to other tracks, and uh, the very first year of the Northern All-Stars, when our buddy Jeff Wilson was the series champion, you know, I took some time off and followed that series because that was the first time that series ever – and, you know, i seen tracks that I didn't even know existed – and that's you know i'm sure that's the way you know you were when you guys went down to tennessee and you know that really gives you the itch to you know what other track can i go to yeah i mean because it's and it's so cool because it's such different styles of racing too you know and that's why you know i i was i was talking to tyler collins down there and i said you know i would love to see because all of those tracks down there typically have a wall yeah and you know tracks where they can run up at the high side those guys don't mind leaning on the wall and bouncing off the wall I said I would love to see those same guys have to come and run a Brownstown well, or a Bloomington blanket. Yeah, where yeah you want to run the top, but when it sucks you over, it's over. I mean oh, yeah. it's not a it's not been up sheet metal and I come back, you're done. And so to see those different styles and the way guys race, it's just it's a cool experience. Oh yeah. And I mean, that, go ahead. You know, running that high side, like you said, you got to weigh out the you know re- reward to punishment out. You know, you're going to lose badly if you mess up. You know. And, you know, it's just, it's a, again, you, you start looking at all these guys and they, they race and, um, you know, these different series and different areas. It's just a cool thing to, to get to see, you know, again, Tyler Collins, one of our local guys get to go down and race with that series. And, um, I know Tyler didn't have the weekend that he wanted. I mean, I, he would say that if he was sitting here with us, but, uh, kudos to him making the trip. And I, I do want to shout out because I know we've got a lot of guys on, that listen to us that are crate guys um if you haven't seen yet like i said we're headed back down june 5th with the american crate all-star series it's a friday night crossville speedway um crossville tennessee and i am putting up from me 
because I haven't even talked to Ryan Bowling about this yet, but it's been thrown out there, so he may get all nervous and sweaty and stuff, and that's just gross. I'm throwing out a $100 long toe uh, bonus. So, crisp $100 bill right out of my pocket, right to whoever has the longest toe. And um, not that I'm playing favorites, but I'm going to throw it out there right now. Steve Peden, I'm looking at you. So, uh, we might, if him and, and, Tyler O'Neill both go. We might have to go right to the shop to see who. It, it may be who's backed up farther. Yeah, I mean it's. But yeah. I, I'm I'm calling you out, Steve Tyler Neal. I want to see you guys down there. I would love nothing more to give you a hundred dollar bill again. Um, maybe we can invest in some stands there at the backyard go kart track. But uh, set your trip meter there. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're in. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I, I would love to see some guys go down there and, and, you know, support that series, support those tracks. But and just in case people are wondering, we are looking at ways to bring those guys up here too um, to help support our tracks as well. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to Joe Rush. Uh, their uh, series promoter does a great job. And, again, just, just glad to be a part of that. So before we jump on here and we give Ben Shelton a call, which I'm excited to talk to Ben but I do want to ask you, we got some exciting news here locally, too. Yeah, we are racing Saturday night at Brownstown Speedway. I don't know all the classes that are going to be running Saturday, but we are racing this Saturday night, Brownstown Speedway. I believe, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I believe it is, I know it's Indiana Pro Late yeah, Models. Yeah, I know the Indiana Pro Late Models will be there. Um, Super Stocks, Pure Stocks, I believe. Um in hornets but let me verify i don't want to and there no spectators in the stands and i believe what six crew members to a car yep indiana pro late models super stocks modifieds pure stocks and hornets so they're running basically the whole show. show um six crew members per car no one in the stands but if you're if you're looking for a chance to uh to watch this Again, go over to www.dirttomedia.tv or brownstownspeedway.tv uh, for that pay-per-view. Um, and, and we're going to bring you the full coverage of it. Uh, this first race back here in Indiana. Yeah. I think it is the first race in Indiana. Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, I I mean, I mean, know that there's some others that tried it. Daughtry's tried it and some yeah. others. But uh, I think it's going to be the first one that actually gets to go. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, I, that ended very badly for Daughtry there. Yeah, unfortunately, that was a that was a bad bad <laughs> deal. And sometimes, you know, and I, I'm not picking on them. I understand where they were where they were coming from, what they wanted to do, but sometimes you just don't poke the bear. Yeah, and you, you really don't want to bring attention to yourself when there really wasn't no attention on you yet. You know, in a situation like that. No, because then just the whole sport loses. Yeah, yeah, because then you started watching everybody. So let's uh let's take a quick second here before we uh give uh ben shelton a call to talk to him a little bit about his race season i know he's got some crazy stuff going on but um let's talk about our sponsors here yes um and we're going to kind of go back and forth here but uh first of all i again i want to talk about legacy paint and body and they came on this year matt and um just a great group of of people family owned um family operated uh and just I'm telling you, I, I, I say this every week, but I mean it. Get on the Facebook and like their page. You will be amazed at some of the work they do and the things that they can accomplish. So definitely go check out Legacy Paint and Body. Also, I've already brought them up, but Brownstown Speedway, after we get going here after the virus, uh, every Saturday night, uh, pretty much till October, I believe, maybe there might be two or three weekends that uh, last I checked we weren't racing, but, you know, schedule can change now that we're coming back in subject uh, in, to change in june <laughs> but uh pretty much every saturday night till october brownstown speedway racing on saturday nights you know it is the premier dirt track there in indiana so and then dirt to media.tv again uh you know partner here with uh, thirsty goat entertainment throttled up the podcast and i'm telling you man if you don't have that vip subscription go get it you get all the on-demand races we're adding salem speedway this year tons of live races coming up too. you know between the american crate all-star series a lot of these burris kart races salem speedway coming up and i'm telling you right now you know the big one at salem speedway is always a halloween 200 and you will not want to miss that pay-per-view because we're throwing everything we have at it that's a great race anyway oh i cannot wait cannot wait 
uh p3racingshirts.com you know like i've said before i've said a hundred times am i right at least a hundred you know it's uh race shirts are very important to me and uh great company right there that puts out a good quality t-shirt they'll do low quantities if you're you know you don't want to jump in with a great big batch of t-shirts because you're afraid you can't sell them all you know he'll work with you and uh great guy to our our show and uh, so please check out p3racingshirts.com and tommy taylor's uh indiana farm bureau insurance again you know if you if you don't have tommy um as your agent i know you do matt i do uh, I'm telling you right now, he posted something today that was pretty funny because uh, it was uh, it was the uh, Shaquille O'Neal dance and said what it feels like when you have Tommy Taylor as your agent. And I'm telling you, you know, obviously great guy, but a great insurance agent too. I can't think of anyone better. Well, you said it several times, and uh, he's done it for me too. Give me contact, you know, and say, hey, I think I can save you a little money if we rearrange some things and there's not a whole lot of agents that'll call you up and and try to save you a buck or two and and tommy is all in with with all of his clients there at at, uh, farm bureau insurance and then as we talk about gilpin electric and generator service bill gilpin man this guy you know he's doing a lot of big projects right now i know at the high school he's working for some things for us i've been working on but if you're looking for a generator to make sure you're always up and running, um, outside generator, he's the guy to call. But even for those smaller projects, if you're yeah. looking for a generator for your race hauler, uh, for wiring in your race trailer, give Bill Gilpin at Gilpin Electric and Generator Services a call. And then uh, Schaefer Photo and Custom Tees. You know what? We're coming back Saturday night, like I said, at Brownstown. So Mark will be down there with his camera. And uh, I'm sure he'll try to get all the action he can as the cars go around the racetrack. And then. Uh, He'll have some brand new stuff up for sale. Like I said, that they have some stuff from the one practice we had and then all those stuff from the last, I don't know how many years. You know, if you want something from them, please uh, contact them. And uh, Mark and Jamie will do some great stuff for you there on anything you need racing-wise. And then P3 Graphics. Again, um, you know, go to p3graphics.com for all your wraps, uh, banners, um, any kind of design need. But um, – you know, Eric Bryant, you said it earlier with P3 Racing Shirts, but Eric's a great dude. He'll help you out. He'll, he'll yeah. do what he can, but uh, check out P3 Graphics. Then Irwin Customs there, Brad Irwin, I can attest he works miracles with sheet metal. He does. And, uh, you know, so I got to give Brad a great big shout out. We stopped by one Saturday and uh, seen a car when it got rolled into the garage and then seen it a few weeks later. And uh, I questioned whether it was the same car or not after Brad handled it there yeah i've always heard the idea you can't make chicken salad out of chicken and you know what brad Irwin can yeah 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 he so if you guys need a rat or a body or anything on there get a hold of brad Irwin. occ seamless gutters and construction jeremy owens man this guy is doing some really really cool stuff again this is another great facebook follow like i had no idea the color options that are now out there for gutters like i just thought there was white gutters um man he did some black ones the other day with black round like old school downspouts that like i mean it changed the whole house it looks like a a, an actual design feature so uh give uh jeremy a call and i'm telling you you won't be disappointed in what jeremy can do well i seen a picture he had of the uh treated lumber of the deck he's getting ready to do and uh i think there's gonna be more lumber in that deck than there is some houses you know that thing's gonna be huge (laughs) he had one hell of a load let me see that last one there so i can read the and then our final sponsor is going to be Kane's Tree Service, uh, tree trimming, tree removal, and stump removal, and also free estimates. So if you guys need uh, some trees taken care of, trimmed, removed, or and then the, the uh, stump you know, taken care of, call Kane's, Kane's Tree Service. All right, let's give Ben Shelton a call. Uh, ben Shelton of the MSR Mafia and um, Dirt on Dirt, you know, announcer, just all-around race fan and guy. Uh, so let's give Ben a call here, and we'll get him pulled up so we can talk to Ben a little bit. What's happening, man? What's up, Ben? Man, we are live here on Thralled Up the Podcast with you, man. We we can't see you yet, though. Oh, there it is. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. What about now, guys? You got yeah. It? I don't think you can actually <laughs> see us, so let me... Uh, let me fix that for you here real quick but uh okay now you got us that's what you're seeing back all right let's give it a second here and see 
Well, it's kind of blank on mine, but you know what? We'll roll with it. I can deal with it. <laughs> so hopefully we'll come through. But man, Ben, first of all, I appreciate you being a part of uh, coming on here. And I know that you know you and I have gotten the chance to talk here uh, recently a little bit. And you, you've you been doing your Thursday thoughts, man. And you gave us some love here at Thirsty Goat Entertainment and throttled up the podcast. But uh, let's start here, man. You are as knee deep in this uh, racing industry as you can get. Where did it all come from? Where did it start? Uh, you know, it honestly started at a little bullring over in West Memphis, Arkansas, called the Ditch, uh, Riverside International Speedway, and that's where guys like Sammy and Jeff Swindell and Bobby Davis Jr. and Jason Sides and Lee Brewer Jr., all these legendary sprint car drivers, got their start. And my family went over there every week. My uncle, he, he raced a street stock over there, and we went over every week, and I sat in the stands, and just fell in love with it. And from there in the late 80s, Memphis Motorsports Park uh, built was built here in town and they had a dirt track and, you know, went there on Friday and went to Riverside on Saturday. And I guess you could say the rest is history. Just, you know, dirt literally coursing through my veins. It's definitely in my lungs now, but it's in my <laughs> veins as well. And I, I still, I still claim that the uh, dirt is a, a cure for Corona. I mean, I, I, I know it's a <laughs> hot topic, but I think, I got to be down in your neck of the woods down in Tennessee this weekend for some great racing and getting that dirt back in my lungs, I think has definitely helped. Well, it's definitely a bit of a cure-all. So it, it might make you sneeze every once in a while. <laughs> and, and when you blow your nose, some red stuff comes out, not blood, red clay, but no, it's uh, it is, it's, it's a way of life. It's something that once it gets in your blood and gets in you, it's just there forever. And, you know, so starting with that, I mean, obviously you come from that, that open wheel background when you start talking about the Swindells and all of that. Had you always had a love for all, all dirt racing? Was there, was there something you lean more towards? You know, I honestly loved everything. And, you know, growing up there, I got weight models and sprint cars and, you know, street stocks. And I, I really loved it all. I mean, people ask me all the time now, the dirt weight model industry has been very good to me. Um, I do stuff in the sprint car in the mod world, but the late models, no big secret, have been very good to me. But they think it's a cop out and they go, what's your favorite division? And I'm like, man, I was grazed on sprint cars. Sprint cars and late models are dead even in my mind. And I love I love a good street stock race as much as anything. I say tell people all the time when I go to special events at trucks, I'm like, don't make the local street stock division your concession stand to your bathroom break class because you may miss the best race of the night because those guys know the track. There's as much parity in that, that division as anything, and they give it their all. So I truly just – I've loved everything since day one. I think that's a great point yeah. that, that you know we talk about a lot here with, with our local racetracks. You miss some of those support divisions, and what you just said, there's so much parity in them, and there's some of the best races you'll see. It is. I mean, those guys, they work as hard as anybody. And a lot of times I'll, when I, anytime I put on shows, I do my best to either be at the pit gate when drivers are coming through and thank them or during the night we're on the pits and thank as many as I, as I can. And people tell me all the time, they're like, you know, it, it's kind of cool that, you know, it's a sprint car or a late model big show, but you come around and think the, the street stock guys or, or the mini stock or whoever the, the perceived support division might be. And I guess my opinion on it is, everybody paid the same amount to get in and everybody worked just as hard to be there and they're all part of the show and you know everybody deserves the same treatment and, and that's something that i take a lot of pride in trying to do and, and i do i've got a lot of respect for them because a lot of those guys in the street stock divisions they may be you know they're not professional racers they might be working 80 hours a week but still finding 20 hours a week in the shop at night to get ready and come over there on saturday night and let it all hang on the line and i've got a lot of respect for that I always have and, and I, i'm sure i always will well outside of the traveling tours there you know they're all work, working guys you know even your your local late model guys you know they they have to you know we're like you said work all week and then try to find a way to get the late model ready to catch you up like when you know lucas oil when everybody shows up at, at our local track no it, it is you know i mean you have a very small percentage of drivers that are professional racers that this is all they do but um you know for example i do some work with the comp cam super dirt series here in memphis this is where comp cams is based and been a lot of work with Chris Douglas and Billy Carroll and the guys at Comp Cams and helped them get involved with what, what was once the Mid-South Racing Association and is now the Comp Cam Super Nerd Series. And those guys, as they've lost some events as it's been raining, they're trying to schedule some makeups and possibly some four-day weekends coming up and actually had those meetings with Chris and Jack Sullivan that run that tour. And I, I said, you know, you got to remember, you need to poll your drivers because you got a lot of blue-collar guys that, you know, they work all week and they may take off at lunch on on Friday to go drive five hours to race. And now if you're asking them to take off on 
Thursday and Friday and possibly Wednesday to race, you need to talk to them and see because it is a little bit different, a uh, little bit type of situation where you've got to make sure things work. So I think that's one thing I love about dirt track racing as a whole is there's, yeah, there's just like anything, there's people that have got money that have always got money that that have always had money that come in and they can do it. But a lot of these people are people that have worked for everything they've got and they've got to continue to work for the things they've got. And, and I'm a guy that grew up, my family wasn't poor, but we were lower middle class. I never wanted for anything, but we didn't have a whole lot of money. And I think that I've got kind of got my heartstrings get tugged on by seeing those guys that give everything they got to try and reach their dreams. And, you know, and that's something I was saying this weekend, because I got the chance to watch Randy Weaver win a couple of uh, American Crate All-Star races this weekend. And, and you know, I watched him walk up into the stands at uh, Crossville on Sunday night and interact with everybody and the kids and sign stuff and just this constant you know interaction. I said the coolest thing about dirt track racing no other sport has is that even the, the heroes are still normal guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the top-of-the-line guys are still down-to-earth and, and they want to interact. No, I couldn't agree more. And Dream is a great example, and especially there in his hometown – I always love talking to Randy. I've, I've had some of my most heartfelt conversations with Randy. I've had some of my most bitter knockdown drag out arguments <laughs> with Randy because we're completely honest with each other. And man, I respect that in anybody, but no, it is. And even some of the guys that sometimes get a bad rap, um, you know, about, about, Oh, this guy's unapproached for whatever. And then you start talking to somebody. Well, when did you try to go get an autograph? Well, you know, he was trying to get the car ready for the feature. You know, his food had just come out at the restaurant at two in the morning. And we yeah. got to remember, they're, they're like all of us, and they all have bad days at work, and they all have times when they're focused on their work. And, you know, I actually used the example to somebody this weekend at West Plains that is a uh, he, he's a CNC machinist. And I was like, he, he kind of maybe had a bad experience, like a Rico Abreu or something. And I said, what if Rico came up to you and you're just getting on the CNC machine, you're about to do this really high intense, you know, boring and this drill and it's got to be exact. And what if he came up and he wanted to ask you a thousand questions about it? And the guy kind of looked at me, he goes, well, I'd probably be amazed if he did, but I do get your point <laughs> that it would probably, it, it would bother me if I was sitting there and I was trying to do what it, it, I do to make a living and I needed to be a hundred percent in my game. And he wanted to come up and do that. So, you know, we've got to remember that all, all these folks are human and don't get me wrong. Some of these people just they're not people, 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 but most of them are. And I think they get a get a bad rap. I mean, most of these guys are really approachable and ladies. You just got to be mindful of when you're approaching them. Absolutely. And I've said that before, too. I mean, you know, that is the the interesting thing in dirt track racing is, you know, I can't go up to LeBron James when he's getting ready for the ball game back in the locker room and talk to him. <laughs> like, but I can go up to some of these big time dirt late model guys and, and sprint guys standing at their trailer trying to get ready for the race. So it, it's it's a whole different thing that no one else deals with. No, it is. And I love our sport. Maybe apart from NHRA, where you know part of their tagline for years has been every ticket's a pit pass. But then you get to the pit area, and the pit areas are largely roped off. You know, we're a very approachable industry, yes. and that's one thing that I love. And, you know, when the races are over, and a lot of the drivers get it and the teams get it. So I hope that, um, you know, obviously we can all always improve, but I do love how accessible that our stars, you know, all the way from the top all the way to the newcomers, everybody is fairly accessible in our sport. And then to talk here about, you know, we, we made some jokes earlier, but, but talk about this COVID-19 pandemic. And, and I don't want to take away from the seriousness of it. Obviously, it is a very serious situation, but – how how much did it just put a damper on what you were getting ready for this season? Well, you know, it hit at a really weird time because I joke slash I'm serious about it. My good buddy Michael Rigsby from Dirt on Dirt, he echoes it, that we're so busy now and we race nonstop in October, November, and then you get to December and you got PRI and the Dome, and then we come home for like 10 days, and then we go to Arizona for two weeks for the Wild West shootout, and this year – we come home for a grand total of like six and a half days. And then you take off, get on an airplane and go to speed weeks. And you're down there for three weeks because of that March and April are my perceived off time. I, I, I've the past few years, I've just taken March and April off to spend time here in the office and get things done and spend time with my fam, my wife and my puppy dog and uh, you know, my family. And, you know, so I honestly, this true story this year, I had not planned to get back to the track until maybe the Show Me 100 Memorial Day. I was scheduled to go do some work at it. So really, when this hit, you know, in March, you're like, well, this kind of stinks. And then you see it impacting people. And then you get into April, and then it gets real. It starts getting real. 
And then, you know, we're working with tracks. We're trying to get events approved for May and some of them still have not been approved. And, and that's when it got really real. Um, you know, th- th- this year I had just expanded my company back in November and, and hired a, a new employee and we had a goal and a direction we were heading. And I mean, just kind of a, the goal for this year and that standpoint hasn't changed. We're learning new technology. We're improving our service for existing clients. We're, we're branching out into other industries that hasn't changed. Uh, where it's now started to change for me is in May when some of these races I was going to like the show me 100, they get canceled or postponed, or you're having to work 10 times harder to help these tracks have events. That's when the rubber meets the road and the reality sets in. So um, I think as we get into June, hopefully a little bit more sense of normalcy, but as we're seeing in a lot of the stick and ball sports, they may not get back to normalcy this year. Whereas our sport, because we are a smaller sport, whether we want to admit it or not, I think it's actually beneficiary to us at this point because we can kind of with our numbers and our attendance and our spectators, we can kind of slide under the radar and meet some of these requirements that, that we're being, you know, basically stuck to deal with. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I agree with you 110%. And I think that's, I hope June gets back to some normalcy because it's like you, it's, it's been so tough throughout May mm-hmm. with the hope that we're going to get a race and trying to schedule it and trying to balance all this. And then, you know, can, you know, th- the frustrating thing for me is the government in the sense that, you know, the 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 X mark of what we have to hit changes constantly, it seems like. And I understand it's a it's a changing virus, but you think you've got everything done, we're ready to race, and then you find out forty eight hours before this one's not gonna happen. Well, and without getting too political, because I'm far from a political person, uh, you know, what do I experience? The most frustrating part is in the past few weeks, I've helped put together races. And one, nobody, you know, that's in, in a position where they get elected wants to take accountability. They don't want to, they definitely don't want to tell you yes, but they don't really tell you no either. And they leave it very gray to the point that you have to spell everything out, read between the lines. And then, you know, one town that I put, I put a race together in on, the sheriff had the final call. And then in another town, it was the health department, as you would think. And then in another town, it was the commissioner. And then in another town, I think it was the local dog groomer. I mean, I joke <laughs> about that. But there's no consistency. Right. And, and that's part of the frustration and the problem. And there's no accountability. Nobody wants to take responsibility in case there is a outbreak or things of that nature. And I think that's that's not what I want. That's what I hope that people will understand. It's definitely not tracks not wanting to race. It's a matter of can they get approval? And then if they do – is it going to create a situation where if something goes bad, is it all going to blow back on that racetrack? So, you know, I look at the situation in Illinois and Missouri, for example, and in Missouri, it's kind of open season. I last weekend when the weather affected our Friday race at West Plains, I was already on interstate 55. So I shot up and called the world about all sprints at Peebley. They had like 700 to a thousand grandstand tickets they sold. And then with the next night, next two nights, I was in West Plains, Missouri. And because that place sits like 15,000, uh, and clearly, no outside of outdoor or Knoxville or maybe Charlotte, you're not going to see that kind of attendance. You know, they had no issues, and we, we encouraged social distancing. So there's a, but then across the river in Illinois, you know, the Gundakers, they're racing this Friday night, and they've got a late model and modified deal where they they got approval to have fans in the stands. Well, then the local community now just yesterday started bucking back on that. So now they can't have fans, but they can have competitors and the next amount of people per car in the pits. And they're really hopefully going to blaze the way in Illinois because the way some of the Illinois legislation reads right now, I work with the guys at Fairbury and some other racetracks, if some things, some leeway doesn't happen, those tracks might not race at all this year. But you go literally a half a mile across the river in Missouri and you got Lake Ozark Speedway, you got West Plains, and you got Central Missouri Speedway and, you know, Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55. It's like how can a river and half a mile make that big a difference? And it's it's really a tough time for racetracks. It's tough, tough, tough time for everybody. Really a tough time to be a racetrack owner. Well, and I love what you just said there too, because I think one thing that and, and, and fans have to understand, don't get me wrong, everybody wants to be racing. But for a for a racetrack owner and a promoter, this is still a business where they have to feed their family with it. So I, I and nobody's getting rich in this deal. But the idea that <laughs> When you start seeing you can run this without fans, well, that's a huge ask for a promoter and a racetrack owner to go do it without that. And I know, you know, with with what you guys do uh, with dirt on dirt and you know trying to pay per view and things, that's one thing. But that's a that's a gamble. That's a gamble for these guys, and it's tough. 
Well, it is. And, you know, I've seen some blowback, whether it, it be dirt on dirt or, you know, what you guys are doing or speed 51 or speed shift, any of that, there's blowback. And there, there's some people that are saying, Oh, you know, the, these production companies are getting rich and I'm not going to support this until fans can be back in the stands. And I, I can tell you for a fact, we had a show uh, 10 days ago, at Magnolia Motor Speedway. And if I had not been guaranteed streaming money, there's no way that show could have happened because we couldn't take a risk because we were no spectators were allowed, but we were allowed, you know, um, you know, roughly 80 competitors and we could have eight people per car. Uh, but that was not going to pay the bill. So without the streaming money, and that's what I'm you know, trying to inform people. I understand there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of frustration, uh, but we're all doing the best that we can. And, you know, on a very positive note, I can tell you this, that that event was the first one really event to be held in Mississippi. We did everything to the letter of the law and to the point the next weekend, which was this past Memorial Day, they had a, a big late model sportsman event scheduled. The commissioners, the sheriff, they'd all come out there and seen what we did with our Thursday, which ended up being a Friday night event because it rained. Uh, they saw what they did. They said, you know what? We're going to grant you guys 35% occupancy, which Magnolia has a massive grandstands, you know, because we like what you've done. That was something we didn't think we'd see until July or August. So they had this show this past weekend. They do so well with that. Now they've got the blessing. We've got a Lucas Oil Late Modern Dirt Series event coming up June 18th through 20th there. We can now have full capacity there, and it's all because we've taken the steps, we've listened to what they wanted, we've, we've met the requirements, and you know we're, we're moving full speed ahead with it. But it's all a building process, and the biggest thing anybody's got to remember too is, you know, without naming names, I know you guys up around Indiana, there's been some tracks that have kind of rebelled, if you will. <laughs> you got to be real careful. Because if you step on the wrong toes and, and you pee in the wrong Cheerios, everybody else might be back racing, you know, in, in a month. And you might still be sitting around this time next year waiting to get clearance. Well, so you got to be careful who you upset. We've, we've already brought that up. You know, they, we you know talked about them bringing kind of the spotlight on them in a negative way. And it probably hurt them in the long run. Well, it very well, man. I, I understand the frustration and I understand, you know, down at Magnolia, Johnny Stokes owns that place. His mortgage is due every month, whether he races or not on that facility. And it is not cheap because it's a lot of property and, and a nice racetrack. And look, these, these facilities, they want to make money. But, you you know, what we've all got to be careful about. One, if, if we do something, we could ruin it for everybody else because this mainstream media, they, they're just looking for something to yes, latch on to. Yes. And if it ever comes out that a racetrack, you know, key to ho a hot spot, you know, God help us all. So we're also we're setting precedents for everybody else. But we're also we've got to be careful and do exactly what we said we would do and more. If, if we're promising we're going to give 90 percent to do this, we've got to give 110 percent because it could have been just as easy. Our race at Magnolia a few weeks ago, the sheriff and the commissioners come out there and they see that we're not social distancing in the pits. And, you know, we, we've allowed more people in than we said we would. And boom, we're done for the year. And, and then, you know, what do you do if you're a promoter in that standpoint? That's worst case scenario for everybody. And Ben, I want to bring this up because and I, I don't want to I don't want to bring up a bad topic, but it's something you've discussed. And we're, we're talking here a little bit about these pay-per-views and things. And I know that just a few weeks ago, you had one of your Thursday thoughts that you, you kind of de detailed this. But this idea <laughs> of people Facebook living or hacking these events and, and uh, you know, I, again, I'll be totally transparent. You know us, but, you know, we do pay-per-view events as well with Dirt to Media. Oh. But this idea of just stealing from, because again, we are helping support the track, the series, whatever we're doing, because there's a percentage cut there for them too. You're just taking money out of drivers and, and promoters' hands. It, well, I, th I think what, and I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I think, you know, what really just got under my skin about the whole deal was especially Ray Cook's first race back. Uh, the race that he had at Tri-County Speedway and uh, Tri-County Racetrack there in Brasstown, North Carolina. And that was the first race back. He, he was running one division. He had 25 cars or whatever there. He had like four people per car. There's 100 people on the property. Doesn't even begin to touch what his overhead was on that night. You know, it was it was not a cheap purse. And the guys at Dirt on Dirt teamed up with him, and they were, they, you know, the, the streaming, and they took a chance. They guaranteed him so much money. And then you had these people, the same, some of these same people, that I had seen moaning, groaning. 
about, oh, we miss racing. We need racing. I'd give anything to see a race. And they're the same ones that are sitting there Facebook live in this broadcast. And I just thought, you know, there's a, I always say people all the time in our sport, when things are going bad, they go, boy, I'll tell you what, this government's killing our sport or this is killing our sport. And I say all the time, nobody will ever hurt dirt track racing worse than dirt track racing. Yes, We have a way, we have a way of, we have a way of cannibalizing our sport like nobody else, you know, from, oh, I don't like the way that, you know, I got treated with this series, so I'm going to start another series in the same area that runs a divi- that same division to show them. But the reality is the one series that's there doesn't have enough cars to support it. So we're going to start another one. We're going to fragment it, and then we're going to make it where both series go out of business and nobody wants them and the division's dead. That's a whole other thing. But I think what got me is I, I'm a pretty – to be five foot nothing, I'm a pretty confrontational little guy. My, my wife jokes that I have bulldog syndrome. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the little dog that marks at everybody. And I actually confronted some people on Facebook, some of which were my friends at the time. They're no longer on that list. And I went into their live, their Facebook live as they streamed that. And, you know, I was like, well, what are you, what are you doing here? And I had more than one or two people tell me, it doesn't matter. They've sold enough. And so my response to that, and anybody watching that, you can tell this really kind of pisses me off just thinking about it, is I hope if you've got a job or if you're on unemployment, when you get your next check, there's a few hours missing off there. If it's an yep. unemployment check, there's $80 missing off there. And if you contact your boss or your unemployment office and say, why am I short here? I hope they tell you, well, it doesn't matter. You got paid enough. And I think that's what we got to think about. If, if, if you're okay to steal from somebody else, you got to be okay to be still, you know, somebody steals from you. And you better hope like hell it's not money that I owe you because I might send you a short check on it. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, I guess that's my thing. These, these events are not, to your point, you know, with a few exceptions, nobody's getting rich in racing. And, you know, to take money out of people's pockets during this time when they're trying to make things worse and work and you need every penny and somebody's doing that. And how cool are you? And I'm going to say it now. How much of a loser do you have to be to sit there and hold your phone and point oh. it at your computer monitor and Facebook Live for two and a half hours? Are you that desperate to have friends? And and I, I know that's brash to be that way, but if you're that desperate for attention, I just I have no answer for it. I mean, it's it's just it's really a, a hot button topic because if streamers like what you guys and all these others that I mentioned from the speed 51s to the speed shift and dirt on dirts to, you know, turn two what everybody does. If they, if they find out they're not selling enough to justify doing it with these tracks, well then these tracks that can't have fans and even the ones that can't have limited fans, they're going to stop having them all together. And then we're locked down as a sport. Yep. And at the end of yeah. the day, what does that accomplish? So I hate to get on a soapbox about it, but I, honest to God, my biggest thing is I just, I feel like as a whole, it can, it can really be detrimental to any chance of our sport surviving as we try to get through what is unprecedented times. And I have to say, and I never got a chance to, but I, after your, your initial rant, which I loved and I support 110%, Me too. Me too. I love your paycheck, uh, uh, analogy. I really wanted to take a Thursday thoughts and stream it live on Facebook from my phone <laughs> sitting here. And I never got the opportunity. Well, I'm actually waiting on somebody to go Facebook Live with one of these Lucas Oil events that's free on Facebook. I'm waiting for yeah. somebody to totally not understand. They could just tag somebody. But, uh, you know, look, I get it. You know, and people, you know, people ask all the time, like, well, what about somebody at the track? And I'm like, you know what? If they go live for their brother's heat or their whatever, you know, that's one thing. But when you're sitting there and you're holding your phone at your computer screen to share that with people. And I'll be honest with you. I got some events coming up that hopefully happen later this year that I've got some, some sponsors that have been involved with and I saw them doing it. And, and I'm, you know, going to have to, as much as you hate to lose sponsorship money, it's going to be something that I'm going to probably discuss with some of them because it's just a bad example. That That's all. And look, you know, somebody might be watching this and go, man, what a crybaby he is. And maybe I am, but I'm just, I don't want to see our sport go away. Um, you know, selfishly, cause I make a living in it, but just as a whole, I just want to see people that they're hard on hard work. People aren't stealing from them. And I, and these people, you know, I don't want to see anybody get shortchanged for what they do. I don't care if you work in racing. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a garbage man. I don't care if you work at McDonald's, everybody deserves every penny they earn. And, and that's my point. You know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't steal something from you. And I would hope that you wouldn't steal something from me. And that's, that's, it's just decency. And I agree hundred percent. And I, again, I say, if if you're being a crybaby, then I'm right there with you. So I'll 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 jump in the the same area with you. But 
You know, the thing I think people don't understand either, like I said, is, you know, you look at that price of whatever the pay-per-view may be and people think, oh my gosh, they're just stroking that all in the one butt. But when you start cutting it up to help the purse, to help the track, to help the promoter, to help the series, to help, it's not as big of a number as what people really realize it is. And, you know, again, I love what I get to do and I'm glad I get to do it, but it we're doing it because of we want to support the sport and and have fans i i haven't bought a second home in boca raton yet <laughs> i actually have i think i think it just got foreclosed yesterday <laughs> but uh, no it, it is it, we're all in this together and that's my thing man I, I think that's probably one reason i get so upset about things like this because the racing community is so special and we have a way of taking care of each other and, and i think I, I put us on a pedestal above a lot of other sports you know and they're diehard fans i feel like we're really good people and and look it's not like it's a gazillion people that are doing this but every time you do it you're taking money out of the tracks pocket you're taking money out of the you know you're taking money out of the production company's pocket and you're indirectly affecting the racers that are out there trying to put on a show because if it goes away they have nowhere to race we have no entertainment to watch it all goes hand in hand so i don't know i i uh, i've seen i've actually had people apologize come up and apologize to me and i'll give them credit for being honest Some of them, i didn't even know we're doing it and they said, you know what? I legitimately did not look at it that way, but I get it now. And yes, I hope when I get my check on Friday, I'm not missing a couple hours because I'd be very upset. Um, some people just don't give a crap. And, and and those are the ones you're not going to change their mind, but at least you know what you're dealing with. All right, brother. I want to ask you this too, before we, we let you go here, but uh, MSR Mafia, man. I mean, that is your, your company. And, and what is the MSR Mafia? And and what are you guys offering? I know you said you kind of you're expanding here. You got some new goals. What what, what can our <laughs> listeners know about it? Well, MSR stands for Motorsports and Racing, but I may have to kind of think of a, a new name pretty soon because we're doing websites now for like the Fairbury Golf Course uh, varsity shirts there in Fairbury. We're building. Uh, we're doing we're doing a new one for the Hunt the Front guys, which have gotten very big. The Joiner Brothers, but. Uh, we just actually sold a website yesterday for a uh, Doberman breeder, the Gallardo family that raises, but they breed Dobermans. Uh, and that was our goal is to branch out this year. And um, even though we're branching out, the racing has been very good. We, to answer your question, we, we do everything from PR to websites to, I kind of, you know, group my, 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 what I do for my broadcasting as far as announcing races and my TV work and things like that. Um, you know, we do sponsorship. We help, we put events on. We do all kinds of anything. I joke that we're a jack of all trades and master of none. I've I've got Jeremy Peters that works with me, and he literally born and bred across the street from Fairbury Speedway. Maybe the luckiest guy in the world. His house across the street, uh, and then back in November, uh, welcomed on Jeremy Shields, who worked as the director of marketing for the Lucas Oil Late Motor Series for the past several years. He joined the company, and at this point, we've got a couple hundred, roughly a couple hundred clients here in the United States, Canada, Australia. And our specialty is racing, but we started branching into other areas and very excited for what the future is going to hold. I've been around racing my whole life. Very thankful to get to work in it. I love it. And, um, but, you know, also recognize you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's kind of what we've been focusing on. We're doing websites for engineering companies, all kinds of stuff now. So we're kind of a a one-stop shop for marketing and PR and We've got great alliances with other companies like Chris Steppen at FYE Motorsports. And obviously I do a lot with Michael Rigsby at, at Dirt on Dirt. I do some stuff with the, some TV work with Speed uh, Speed Sports. So uh, just very lucky to get to do the things that we do. And uh, a great person one time that got me in racing, Tim O'Brien. Back in the day, he promoted Talladega Short Track and he promoted Columbus Speedway. And he kind of got me into all this. And he told me, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And it's kind of ironic. I have two employees and both their names are Jeremy. And, and they make <laughs> me look like a genius. But those guys kill it. But it's, um, you know, we've been very lucky through this pandemic. We've been busier than ever. And, and really, as I've been trying to find ways to make races happen, those guys are grinding out the day-to-day stuff with the company. So it, it's both a, a very stressful and frustrating but exciting time. And, you know, just trying to do what we can to help everybody keep going forward. It's a give-and-take business, and that's what I hope everybody realizes. we got to help people when we can and just know and hope that when we need them, they're going to help us as well. I got two more before I let you go, and I've, I've been, you know, following along with your Thursday thoughts. I can't always jump on live, but I usually go back and watch them. And one thing, and if I missed it, I apologize. One thing you've had is a, a lot of states, and who's the greatest driver from that state? <laughs> so here we are. We're yes, in Indiana. You yes. know who we are. So where are we ooh, going? Ooh. Well, you know, Indiana, when you start talking about Indiana, I mean, obviously – 
Don O'Neill has won the Dirt Lake Model Dream. He's won the Lucas Oil title. He's going to be hard to knock off the top of that list, but, you know, the modern-day cowboy, I mean, we're talking about John Gill here. I mean, I, I've my, my, one of my best friends in the world, Michael Rigsby, might drive down from Bloomington tonight and kill me in my sleep if I don't pick Gill. But, you know, so many great drivers have come from the state of Indiana. Um, but I, I think because of what Don's done, he's, he's the only one with a national championship. And, and to my knowledge, you know, the only one with a dirt late model dream, you know, off the top of my head, he's won the dirt late model dream there. So uh, I've been kind of nervous picking Indiana and Illinois. I picked Shepard <laughs> or uh, picked Shepard in Illinois recently because of how prolific he's been, albeit young in his career. And I'll, I'll give you guys, I was actually working on my Thursday thoughts. You'll, you'll like this. I do a top five list every week. And after everything we've been through the past couple of months, my top five list for tomorrow are the top five things that piss me off. So that's going to be a fun <laughs> one. But I actually picked for my states this week. Uh, I went off camber a little bit, and I've gone with Kansas. And, of course, I've gone with Al Perky. How can you talk about Kansas and not go with Perky? And then Colorado, I went with Kelly Bowen. And I've got funny stories about my, my reasoning behind both of those. But it's been fun. Some states are easier than others. Indiana is a hard state. So tell me, am, am I a blubbering idiot? Was was O'Neill the wrong pick for Indiana? Who would you have taken? Uh, I'm going to say, and I'm the late model guy on the show, I can't believe you left Steve Kinzer out. You know, well, Steve Kinzer's. Yeah, well, uh, we're, we're talking late model guys. Oh, yeah, well, late you, model. You, you didn't say that. You I said did. the best driver in Indiana. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, I well, but he attention, is, right? his Thursday thoughts are usually late model. Okay, so I will, okay, I, I will give Ben yeah. credit. Now, if we're going all the time greatest Indiana, there's no two ways about it. it, it, it it's Steve. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if, and if he hadn't walked away from racing so early, who knows where Mark would have ended up with Carl, Mark Kenzer with Carl turning the wrenches on yep. that network and number five. But no, Steve Kenzer, man, the king of the outlaws, you know, 900 plus wins, whatever, 20 champion world yeah. outlaw championships. I mean, arguably, you know, I would love to have a debate one day if people go Bloomquist or Steve Kinzer, you know, greatest dirt track racer uh, in, the, in the modern generation. I would be curious about that. But no, if we're going all the time, period, it's definitely the king. But I, I got to say, I, I can't argue with your late model pick. I mean, I think it's tough not to go with, with Don. Um, you know, it's something we, we talked about, you know, in some of our articles lately is, you know, that that um, Mount Rushmore of it. And for me, I got to put Don on there. But when we're thinking about Indiana, too, it's, you know, if we're just saying driver, I'm with you, Don. But if we're talking about just the greatest, C.J. Rayburn's got to be right there, too, when you start talking about late models and what they've done. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to narrow it down to drivers, I mean, CJ's driving career was obviously <laughs> nowhere near matched what he did as an innovator yeah. and a builder and um, very fascinating individual. Every time you talk to CJ, you're about a million times smarter after you walk away. You're also mentally smoked because as much as I talk, CJ can talk circles around me. Yeah. And, uh, and, man, what a legend in this sport. You guys are blessed with a lot of great people. You're in a great area there in Indiana where you got a lot of different comp types of competition, a lot of different competitors that have come out of that area. So I'm very envious of you. I'm blessed in the Memphis area from a sprint car standpoint, but you guys are right in the middle with a lot of things happening around you for a lot of divisions. And I got to give you some credit because the Illinois pick, I agree with, but I, I am impressed that you had the guts to go B-Shep with some of the names <laughs> in, in Illinois because that's a tough one to pick too, but I think B-Shep's the right choice. Well, I mean, it is. And, and, you know, who knows what that kid's going to do before his career is up. He's consistently winning 30 races a year. He won three six-figure races last year. You know, he's won the Dirt Track World Championship like three times now and, uh, you know, two-time World of Outlaws champion. He's done a lot of things, and he's done it in different cars. And I, I think that we're just we're just cut the, the tip of the iceberg, especially with him and the Rocket One team, what he can do. But, man, Wanda Lincoln, those guys, if you're a late model fan, it, it is unbelievable. And that state's kind of sneaky good on the midgets and the sprint cars too, but the late models definitely take center stage when you talk about, about Illinois. All right, my last question for you, Ben. I'm going to let you go. But one of the best things I've seen during the COVID-19 pandemic is when you – you called your Powerade bottle, and I challenged you back, and I went with the Monster <laughs> Energy drink. But how did you end up deciding here? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and and give a little race call. Well, uh, admittedly, I have to give my beautiful wife Cheryl the credit on that. I had been challenged by there's a modified driver out of Oklahoma, which again can talk circles around me, Big Daddy Joe Duval. And Joe reached out to me, and he goes, man, you got like 11,000 followers on every one of your social media channels. He goes, 
you need to do like some push-up challenge or something to get people going. And I told her about that. And she goes, you know, it's kind of, that thing's kind of done. And she goes, you need to think of something that is unique to you and thought about it. And we had actually gone for a run that morning and I came back and I pulled the, the Powerade bottle out of the fridge and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? It's <laughs> like, I have no, I'm kind of an idiot and I have no sense of integrity or decency and <laughs> no shame. I'm going to announce the ingredients. I want you to video this. She was like, that's what I'm talking about. And I did it. And I had a good time. There's been some fun ones. I've said, you got, you did a great with yours. Uh, Mike Norris did a great job. My, my buddy, Ruben Morales, the voice of the, the summer nationals. He did a great one. There's some people that didn't do them. I'm not going to name names, but James Essex from Indiana, Dustin Jarrett from Ohio and John Gibson. You know, I kind of hope those guys would jump in and do it, but they didn't. But, uh, I had a lot of compliments on that, and that, that's one thing I've always prided myself on is just don't take yourself too serious. Just have a good time. And if you Right now, my theory is if you can make anybody smile or do something for them for even a few seconds, you've kind of done your part for that day. i got to say my disappointment is that's the first announcing I've done, and I've not gotten a call to get on any of these big touring <laughs> series. I'm shocked. I thought, I thought that was my entry. <laughs> I think I actually lost four jobs after I did mine. So maybe, you know, don't feel so bad. Now it was, I had a lot of people tell me, you know, especially people that might not know me that don't know that I, I love to laugh more than anything in the world. And they were like, you know, I always see, and you always look, you, you always look so uptight and you're so focused. And they're like, it was kind of cool to see you kind of strip it down there. But yeah, it was fun. And, who knows what I'm going to come up with next. My wife has gotten me into these TikTok videos. We started doing these. So there might be something fun racing related TikTok coming up. Uh, but just it's all about the name of having fun and, and just trying to smile through the tough times right now. Ben, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, it's, you have, you have made me smile through some of this with the thirsty Thursday or the thirsty Thursdays, the Thursday thoughts <laughs> with the thirsty goat. Um, you gave us some love there, but man, uh, I appreciate you being a guest and look forward to catching up with you at a track sometime here soon. Uh, when we, when our ships cross paths and, uh, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you guys having me on. And again, anybody watching this, I know that in Indiana, they're starting to kind of cut the, the purse strings loose a little bit there and let people do it or apron strings, I should say, and let people get back. And, you know, anybody that's watching this and you're not in a state where they're not hang in there, man, you're going to get there. We're slowly getting there with a lot of States tough times but just keep your head up and and sooner sooner than sooner than later hopefully we're all gonna be back in a racetrack all right brother i appreciate it good luck with thursday thoughts tomorrow and uh everybody tune in if you're not following ben on facebook live go tune in um thursday thoughts it's always something good now we've got the top five things to piss him off um (laughs) which which hopefully throttled up the podcast didn't make the top five after we interviewed him tonight no, it didn't. When we scratch it off, it's, it's all good. No, it's, and a lot of the, some of the things I've got are, are going to be laughable things. I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom. But no, definitely, uh, definitely look forward to seeing everybody on there tomorrow. All right, brother, have a good one. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. You guys take care. See. You. All right, Matt, and uh, a little fun there with Ben Shelton, and uh, you know it. I, I, th- I hate it when you make me pick sprint cars, though. <laughs> I I knew I could work that right in to where... I, I pride myself of being the late model guy on this show. I know. And uh, I agree with both of his late model picks 100%. But then I'm sitting here thinking, we can't have this conversation without bringing Steve Kinzer in. You know? and, because the, I was listening to what your question, the greatest driver... Right. And, I, knew, I knew how I was asking. I knew oh. what it was all going to happen. So you twisted it on purpose. Huh? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sitting over here, the late model guy thinking, we got to gotta say Steve Kinzer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> you start with the results you want to see happen and you work it backwards. <laughs> yeah. I hey, wanted it, to, it worked a hundred percent for I you. I wanted there. to see you jump all over a sprint car guy. And I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I almost said the whole Kinzer family. You yeah. Know. You could, you could throw them right up there. I mean, and again, I mean, you talk about, you you really look back. That's that is the amazing thing. I know we've talked about it in here a lot of times, but you look at, you know, Stewart being from here and, yeah. and and you know, obviously his career changing, but you know, you talk about Don, you talk about what is Huddy gonna end up doing. You even though we're talking a little dirt here, but if you truly say best driver, you gotta start talking Chase Briscoe in this oh, deal amen. too, man. Amen to that, yeah. On with us last weekend, but 
You know, and I know I know how you feel because we feel very similarly about Kyle Bush, but him squeezing him in the wall, man, and getting that freaking win last Thursday night yeah. is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And with everything they dealt with, and you know, if if you've got a chance, say a prayer for the the Briscoe family. You know, and you know Chase and and Marissa there losing their their young um, unborn child last week, and then he goes out Thursday night and you know takes that win yes. and um, just a cool deal, man, and and a cool kid. But you know you. You look at the the talent that's here in Indiana, and it's just crazy. Oh, I mean, I, I think racing driver wise, we are beyond blessed with the talent that is down a lot of county roads, you know, in Indiana. You know that you can almost throw a rock anywhere you stand in Indiana and hit a driver's house. I mean, and, and you know, and like Ben said, even the the support classes at the big shows are great drivers that just don't have that pocketbook to step up sometimes but uh, you know and i agree with him don't run to the concession stand because the support class rolls out because you know you know as well as i do you you see some excellent racing that, uh, oh, that some people don't even you know absorb the fact that it's right there in front of them well matt we will um we'll be back next week yes with some actual racing to talk about yeah which is exciting um but i'm glad to have you back in studio brother um i also want to throw out uh you know give people a reminder that the darf show yeah yeah coming back tomorrow night and we're gonna have to talk what four races yeah big time you know i almost have to go back and and recap some of them just before the fact of you know i love i can go home and turn the tv on at night every night and there's a race on and you know here's the best part is since the darf show took its break with covid ryan newman was on his deathbed yeah he's now back racing there's some other drivers we won't get into that have now lost their rides because of i racing and matt kenseth is back in the sport yeah it may look like 1998 when we jump back in but yeah. hey we'll get through it yeah i mean you guys were in diapers you know it went in <laughs> i'll be the only one remembering that stuff so, <laughs> so. all right guys well thanks for joining us and again we appreciate everybody we'll be back next wednesday night live at 8 p.m You guys got on the media side.